Okay. <laughs> I love how you always start it with, like, okay. I, like, every time we hit record, you're like, okay. I don't know if it's a nervous tick or what. I was like, okay. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, I'm Callie. And I'm Allison. And you're listening to Boo? Gotcha. I like how you say boo and then I say gotcha. I thought that was the plan all along. No, that was beautiful. So how are you? How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing so. What are you doing there? Making a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, besides that, um, I actually started my job here. I'm working at the residence hall, and it's, Woo-hoo. it's okay. I enjoy helping people. It's kind of fun to be like, here's your key. Go to your room. <laughs> I'm like a mom. <laughs> Have you had anybody like crazy or weird yet? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there was this girl. The thing is, okay, she what had a right to be the way, like how upset she was. So Aww. she mailed her all of her clothes from like I'm assuming she was from a different country. Oh my gosh. She like she had shipped all of them? like yeah. She just shipped a huge box of all her clothes and it wasn't at our hall. Oh And so no. she came up to get the package and it wasn't there. And so she was, like, kind of getting angry, but I could tell that it was just because, like, she wasn't meaning to. Yeah. She was just, like, stressed because... I would be so upset. Yeah, it was literally all her clothes, and, like, we couldn't find it. And I honestly still don't know because I left because my shift was done. And so I don't know if she ever got... I hope she did. I hope they figured it out. But, yeah, it was wild. That's how I felt when I got my visa. So, little background. So I'm going to be studying abroad in London. You know this. And I, I had to get my visa recently. And I was so worried about getting it because the process is so long and you don't even know if they're going to, like, approve you. And the package is really tiny. It's just, like, one piece of paper, basically, that they send back. And so I wasn't getting it for, like, two weeks. And that's the usual wait time. But I was still getting so anxious. And I was like, they're going to lose it because the package is so tiny. <laughs> like, just my luck. <laughs> yeah. I'll be good. So, <laughs> let's get into this. So, okay. If you don't already know, this show is about um, creating original spooky stories. Both of us are a little into spook. Callie probably more than me because I'm kind of a big baby, but you know. Shout enjoy, out Ghost Adventures. I enjoy the occasional spook. And so both of us have written a scary story, and each of us is going to narrate the other person's story, and we have not read each other's story, so it's going to be like a open, cold read, all you actors out there, and it's going to be fun, <laughs> it's going to be filled with laughter, but also spooks. <laughs> so, uh, who's going to go first? We never really decided. I don't care. I was wanting to go first, but okay, if you yeah. want to go first, I don't care. You can go. You're going to read my story. All right, all right. So the story she wrote is called The House. <laughs> oh, here, like, I'm going to also pull it up because there's narrate, There's kind of like some audio between characters, so I thought, you know, we could kind of split that up. Oh. So we could, like, be talking to each other, you know? Okay, okay. Okay. It stood at the corner of Meridian and Johnson, 
It was three stories high, its windows broken, with peeling plaster swaying in the breeze. It was 12.36 a.m. My friends and I stood in front of it, taking in its menacing appearance. The street light shone overhead, casting a shocking glare on it. The house. I'm sure you were thinking there was some cool, eerie name that all the kids called it, but no, there wasn't. It was just an old, abandoned house. Wow, so original. <laughs> I know. I know. Most, most towns had at least one. However, this house was sort of different. No one had been inside for as long as anyone in the town could remember. It had just always existed as it was. Reports dating back to almost 100 years ago found that that house had been in the exact same condition, that same broken-down, lonely condition, which no one in the town seemed to wonder or care about. Because that house still sits there, with no visitors, it sits, almost tauntingly attempting to provoke some kid to go inside, which is why I guess my friends and I stood outside out which is why I guess my friends and I stood outside of it at 12:36 that night. We had been standing there for so long, all of us seemingly too frightened to be the first to step up, but none of us would admit it. So there we stood in silence until finally someone spoke up. Uh, okay, let's just get this over with, says Oliver, my lifelong neighbor and best friend. It had taken the whole friend group, but we had convinced him to sneak out and come along with us that night. He wasn't particularly into the horror genre, so we knew he wasn't happy to have been dragged out of bed at that late hour to join us. I could tell by the look on his face that he wanted to be anywhere but here. Quit quivering, you pansy, hisses Sadie. She may have just moved to this town last year, but she wasn't afraid to speak her mind. Although she had just chast... What? Chastised. 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 It means, like, kind of, like... When you're, like, bullying someone, like, you chastise them, like, make fun of, kind of, almost. Although she had just chastised Oliver for being scared, I noticed she hadn't made any sort of movement closer to the house. Guys, quiet. (laughs) Whispered David. He was the jokester of the group, so the frown on his face was almost as jarring as merely being here tonight. I glanced over at Courtney, who stood shaking behind him, as if his girlfriend, wait, oh, as his girlfriend, she had joined our friend group. We hadn't gotten the chance to hang out with her, so I could only assume she was just as nervous being here with us as she was being where we were. We stood in quietly once more. The sound of our uneven... Sorry, that sentence is messed up. (laughs) Um, Just ignore the N. So reread that. We stood in quietly... (laughs) Just, we stood quietly once more. (laughs) We stood quietly once more. The sound of our evenly un... We're never we getting through stood this story. quietly once more, the sound of our uneven breathing seeming to scream in the silence. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, I decide to take a step forward. My foot squishing into the damp lawn causes foreheads to turn in my direction. All right, <laughs> we can't just stand here forever, right? I say, attempting to use a joking tone. As I try to smile, my heart races, so I know it's now or never. I take another step which places me fully onto the lawn. I stand and wait until I hear the sound of more footsteps being placed on the lawn alongside me. I swear I hear a noise come from the house, but I know if I say something, we won't go any further. As far as I know, we're going to be the first people to enter that house in a very long time. My curiosity is killing me, and I know I wouldn't have been able to do it alone. I take the lead, and we slowly begin making our way to the front door. Squish. 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 Our feet sink into mud as we finally make it to the porch. I take the first step onto it, and it creaks. 
as if it's feeling the weight of a human for the very first time. I hear Oliver whimper behind me, but <laughs> ignore it. <laughs> but ignore it as I continue on. <laughs> I'm now close enough to study the front entrance. <laughs> Time to take the test. The door looks a thousand years old with one of those giant knockers on the front. Oh, those are so cool. I am so going to have one when I have my own house. Yeah. It seems to be made from what looks like an old tree, unpainted with chips of wood scattered in front of it. A tiny circular window has been carved and placed into the middle of the door, right at eye level. I go to step closer to the door, but an arm grabs my upper arm. Wait, Allie. Let me take the first look. Says David, slight alarm in his eyes. We maintain eye contact for a second, too long before I reply, I can handle myself, David. I pull my arm out from where his hand had been resting on it. I know. I know, but <laughs> um, David's talking. <laughs> I know, but the window is more at my height anyway. You'd have to strain to get yourself high enough to see. Just let me look, and then we'll go in. Hand me the flashlight. I roll my eyes, but comply and hand him the flashlight. He clicks it on and carefully makes his way to the tiny window. He puts both the flashlight and his face up to the glass. Well, you see anything? Yells Sadie from the lawn, followed by immediate shushing for the rest of us. <laughs> well, she replies more quietly. It's so strange. The inside is super nice. Says David. Huh? I reply. There's a bunch of nice furniture. The place seems spotless. Even the fireplace is lit. That's impossible. No one has lived here for decades. Oliver exclaims quietly. You think I'm making this up? Replies David, exasperated. Um, yeah, you're always messing around, but this time it's not funny, so cut it out. I can tell Oliver is getting worked up, so I walk over to him and grab his shoulder. I turn back to David. David, knock it off, okay? What's it really look like? He suddenly turns away from the door and storms over to us. I'm not playing. Check it out for yourselves then, jerks. I notice that Courtney tries to comfort him, but he angrily shrugs her away. I take charge and march over to the door. Since I can't see in the window, I grab the door handle and turn. Expecting it to be locked, I'm surprised when it turns in my hand. I pull a couple times, but it doesn't budge. What the heck? I'm used over why the door won't move, and Oliver appears by my side. Let's just go, okay? He goes to walk away and stumbles on a loose piece of wood on the porch. Whoa. Sadie runs to his side and helps him up. Are you okay? She asks him. He glances oddly at her. Sadie doesn't usually show any sort of empathy. Yeah, I'm fine. Let's get out of here. But I look at the piece of wood he tripped on and see something shiny sticking out. I go over and grab what I discover to be a shiny brass key. Oh! Wow! <laughs> How handy! <laughs> the rest of the group had already turned to go and didn't notice I had stayed behind. I walk over to the door and look for a place to put the key. I find a keyhole underneath the door, which I find to be very odd. I push the key in and turn, hearing a soft click from the door. I spin around excitedly to tell the group my finding. Hey guys, look! But I'm immediately cut off by a cracking sound. I, along with the rest of the group, turn to see the gutter from the side of the house slowly become unhinged and fall right towards Sadie. Sadie, watch out! I scream. Sadie looks up just in time and jumps to the side, falling into the hedges that mark the sides of the property. The gutter slams into the ground right where Sadie had stood. Everyone else whirls around at the clatter, and we all run to where we had last seen Sadie. Sadie, are you... 
David starts but freezes, him being the first one over to the hedges. As soon as I join the rest of the group, I realize why he had stopped. Courtney has buried her face into David's side, and I put my hand over my mouth. Sadie's body lies on top of the hedge, with a huge sharpened metal pole through her chest. My eyes well with tears. Oh, that's me. <laughs> is, is she dead? Oliver asks, but everyone knows the answer. What, what just happened? Asked David, turning to me. I, I found a key where Oliver had tripped, so I put it in the door and turned the key, and then the, the gutter broke, I responded. Real coincidental that the gutter broke as soon as you used the key, almost like it got set off. Courtney pipes up with her first words of the night, aimed accusingly at me. I put my face into hers. If you're trying to blame me for what's happened tonight, I swear I'll- Guys, stop! Shouts Oliver. There's no use in arguing. We need to get out of here and call the police. There's a phone booth across the street illuminated by a streetlight. Also, this to walk. takes place before cell phones, so that's why they didn't just like... Oh! Bing, bing, nine, one, also, one, their you know? friend is dead. I'm surprised that they're <laughs> even able to move. He walks... Yeah. He goes to walk towards the street, but a glint on the lawn catches my eye. Oliver, stop! I scream, grabbing his arm and yanking him back. Right as his foot steps down, a bear trap swings up, <laughs> having been trimmered, and clamps on his left foot. Sorry, that's not funny. <laughs> Oliver screams in pain, and I struggle to hold him up. David grabs him from the other side, and we hold him up as he continues to exclaim in pain. What is wrong with this house? I say frantically, not knowing what to do. Courtney, see if you can get the trap off his foot, directs David, and she carefully lowers down to examine it. She pulls on the trap, but it doesn't budge, and Oliver squeezes more tightly. It won't budge, but it's not chained down, so we could carry him to safety and then get help. Nobody move, I shout, startling those around me. We don't know what else is scattered around this unholy property, so before we go anywhere, we need a plan. I cannot watch anyone else get hurt, or worse. I glance over back to where Sadie's body remains. Dead. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> David grimly meets my gaze and holds it. Hey. <laughs> he says softly. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> Courtney doesn't miss this and clears her throat loudly, startling us both from our trance. Tension. She says, okay, you guys keep a hold of all of her. Oliver, Oliver, and I'll get down and look closely for anything obstructing our path. We'll make short, tiny steps towards the street, and then from there we can get help. Everyone nods, looking over to the safety of the street, which looks to be about ten feet away. Courtney lowers herself to the ground, (laughs) carefully searching the grass in front of us. I just imagine, like, a hound dog sniffing the grass. (laughs) Uh... Searching the grass in front of us before slowly moving forward. David and I grasp Oliver underneath his arms and hold him up so he only needs to use his good foot to help us move. We follow Courtney cautiously, waiting with her as she takes a few moments to look in certain spots. Finally, we're about halfway there when Courtney stops. What is it? Asks David. It's weird. This patch of ground looks different from the rest of the lawn, but when I push down on it, nothing happens. Let's not risk it, I chime in. Let's just make an arc around it and continue on. You want to make more time? You can do that to your friend Oliver who needs serious medical attention. No, so you would do that. You, to, like, would, to you take... would do that to your friend? Oh, I see. Start over. You want to take more time? You would do that to your friend Oliver who needs serious medical attention? She says to me mockingly. Courtney? David says in a warning tone. If it means every... 
If it means getting everyone to safety, then yes. I think it's worth it in the long run, I retort. Well, I don't remember anyone making you the boss, so we're doing this my way, she yells back furiously before crawling across it. As soon as all of her body weight transfers to the patch, it breaks through and she screams as she falls. (laughs) Courtney! David screams as we hear a splash of water, but there's nothing that can be done. We both have a hold on Oliver, and that drop looks to be a good 20 feet. David! I hear her screech. Please help me! It's so cold! Hang on, we'll get help, I yelled down at her. I turned to David. Can you get Oliver on your back? The only way we can make it over there is if we have someone checking the path. Yeah, help me get him. I grab Oliver so David can turn around. His face is pale and I can tell he's lost a lot of blood. Hold on, Oliver, we're almost there. I look over at the phone booth. A ten second sprint would get me there, but I have to restrain myself, knowing the horror is strung out between me and that booth. I hoist Oliver up onto David's back. He moans in pain, but doesn't say anything else. I take up the place in front of him and begin scanning for traps. Five feet. I'm trying to hurry, but also look carefully. Four feet. Wrong, wrong step, and it may be over for the rest of us. Three feet. I can hear Courtney's panicked whimpers and realize every minute counts. Two feet. I can feel sweat dripping down my face. I have to wipe it out of my eyes and focus harder. One foot. I almost reach out and touch the street, but I know I have to remain alert. I can see the line where the property ends and the road begins, so I search extra carefully at this line of final defense. I jump onto the street and pull David over it. All three of us hit the pavement. I leap up and race over to the phone booth. I dial 911. That part's always just... I expect, like, the hearts to be racing. Five foot, four, three feet, two feet. Okay. Later on, I remember all the police lights flash as officers covered the property of the house. Oliver had been put in an ambulance and was being cared for. He's going to be all right, although his foot may have to be amputated. Oh, gosh. Courtney's lifeless drowned body was pulled out from the hole. How the heck did she drown? She, it was cold. She She was was fine. Actually, I don't know. Oh, well, no, it was 20 feet down, so, I mean, the water, she probably couldn't hold herself, you know, like, when you tread in water, she probably couldn't yeah. hold herself up. We couldn't save her in time. Sadie's body was also recovered. The craziest part of that whole night was that when the police entered the house, they found it empty, dirty, and broken down. <gasps> they searched the entire house and property, but found no other DNA besides the five of ours. The case remains unsolved as to who set up those traps, which drives me crazy to this day. I look up from where I've been sitting in my room, and David stands in the doorway. I walk over to him, and he grabs my hand before we go out. To the house? You're probably wondering. <laughs> wondering. No, no, to wonderfiend? I am just combining words. No, no, I won't be going back there anytime soon. We're meeting Oliver for some ice cream down the street. <laughs> my friends have died, but... <laughs> As we walk down the street, we see Oliver up ahead. A slight limp as he's adjusting to life without his left foot. But he doesn't let that get him down. Because he's got a little peg foot. Okay. But he doesn't let that get him down, nor his two dead friends. (laughs) (laughs) He gives us... He gives us a goofy grin and a wave as we approach. And the three of us head down the street and try to forget about the abomination that was and is the house. Gotcha. Let's end all the stories like that. Yes. So thoughts? I yeah, give it. me some some feedback. Good and bad. No, I really liked it. You told me earlier when you were writing it that the ending was crap. 
but besides the fact that their friends died and it's so hard to convey the shock of people dying, besides, like, I think it's still Plus, really the good. later though. on is supposed to kind of, I should have come up with maybe a, it could have been like a year, you know? Because it's, like, oh, later on. I still so think it's, it's like, good I guess, unless yeah. I say, like, oh, one year later and they're, you know, finally recovering. I guess just saying later, you know, it could be, like, the next day. But I guess this was kind of, like, it's been a while, you know? But, yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe Sadie got, like, struck by a metal yeah. pole. That's literally final destination. <laughs> okay, so a quick background on my story where I got the inspiration. So I had this whole idea for there to be this house, like kind of filled with traps, but the original title of the story was called The House of Unpredictability. And so the whole thing was going to be like, you kind of saw how like Sadie, the gutter fell. And so you think, oh, like the trap didn't get her because it was a gutter. But the real trap was actually the hedges uh-huh. with the spike. Like they, the person who set up the trap knew that when the gutter fell, she was going to oh. jump to the side. So it was like unpredictability. I thought part of the gutter still struck no, her. No, yeah. So that was my whole idea was for the story to take place inside the house, and they're trapped in this house, and there's all these traps, but you can't predict what the trap is going to do because it's the house of unpredictability. It's the whole thing, and the whole thing was going to be yeah. at the end. They get out of the house. And so I'm like on page five or six, and they're still on the porch, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> this isn't going to work. So copyright on that house of unpredictability thing because i'll probably write that later as a script or something (laughs) but yeah so that's kind of the whole thing with that story that was kind of what more it was supposed to be didn't really end up how i wanted it to but i still kind of like it you know there was a little bit of some romantic tension in there because you know i'm a sucker for romance i'm very into romantic comedies just romance in general Big heart on my sleeve. Courtney was the only one in the way, and you drowned her. Because there was, like, you know, David and Allie had some tension with, like, the eye contact. And then I was like, you know, let's just kill off the (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. Um, Now this is the part of the show where Larry comes out and sings a silly song, if you will. Um, We're going to do a segment. What? (laughs) Larry, Tales. You've lost me. Did you ever watch Veggie Tales? (laughs) Oh my gosh, no. there would be like a little segment in the show, and it was like, this is Silly Songs with Larry, the part of the show where Larry comes out and sings a silly song, and it was like the best part of the whole show. Oh my god. Anyway. No, I was uncultured. We are going to a segment that I like to call Crime City, baby, and this is a segment <laughs> where we scroll through Twitter and we find... Um, the cr- like the crime scanners, and we pick out the funniest ones and read them. Um, this first one we found, it's called Kokomo Scanner, and so we're going to read through that. <laughs> I'm already laughing at, like, looking at some of these. Okay, do you sure, want to go okay, first? Okay, so this first one is, I think, kind of... Um, I scattered it throughout because I just find the way this is worded so funny. So this first one I have is unwelcome person in the 400 block of East Richmond. And I just find it so funny that the, like the police are like, Hey, you unwelcome person. Like, it just sounds like the person that didn't get invited to the party and they're like knocking on the door. Like, why didn't you invite me to the Christmas party? And they're like, Hey, you're unwelcome. I'm calling the police. And like, they had to name it. Like, I don't know. I just found that very funny. 
Okay, the next one says, <laughs> okay, return. So they went to the site and had to leave, and now they're back. So return trip to 800 East Hoffer. They're in a verbal domestic, verbal domestic again. And I just again. feel like the person writing this was like, they're in a verbal domestic again. Like, they're just so done that this is happening a lot. I really love this next so one. So this one was tweeted twice for some reason. So they like right in a row. And it was just, they found the vehicle in the cornfield abandoned. It's stolen. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the next one says, male in a motorized wheelchair. Swerving in and out of traffic. Can't see him. Traffic hazard. <laughs> oh my god! I don't understand gosh. the can't see him. Like... How do you know there's a male in a motorized wheelchair if you can't see him? <laughs> I would have I loved to see that. Okay, and then we've got a <gasps> hashtag hot call vehicle versus pedestrian in front of Kroger. <laughs> it's like a battle. <laughs> like, I'm right, really hoping, and Kroger. also a disclaimer... We don't know the backstory behind these scanners, so if one of these ended in, like, a death or something serious, then we are sincere oh, in our, yeah. you know, our condolences. And we just, I'm mainly, you know, finding these, they're worded funny. And so that was kind of the whole point of the segment. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just, like, a little disclaimer, by the way. So we hope this pedestrian came out of the fight <laughs> winning. I hope the pedestrian won. <laughs> All right. Report of a man walking around in circles in the roadway in the 2400 block of North Webster. Also, a report of a woman driving around in circles in the Walgreens parking lot. Marklin and Goyer. She's yelling at customers and other people. The day that everyone just got stuck going in circles. I also love this one, too, because depending on the inflection of the voice again, I kind of took this one as some kind of threats or intimidation from a known suspect. (laughs) Also considered an unwelcome person. (laughs) Uh, Check well-being of an intoxicated male standing in the checkout lane of Walmart. Why does that not surprise me? (gasps) Oh, no. That's terrible. I would hate to be near him, honestly. Okay, so this next one. um, Two males causing some kind of a disturbance across the street from Ned's Corner Pub. Update. Officer states he believes they were cruising around looking for junk. What? Just like, again, the way it's worded. He believes they were Someone cruising. was just cruising around looking for junk. <laughs> this next one. Um, Subject oh, no. slumped over on the swing set. <laughs> okay, the Cocoa Scanner needs to take this seriously because this one, they're like, this next one, they're like, I don't know. Someone came up and hit female over the head and she lost consciousness and just came to doesn't know if anyone is still around or what. Like, outside of the arts parking lot. Again, we hope this female is okay. I'm assuming she is because there wasn't any further media over it. Okay, this next one was a retweet from, like, a sergeant in some town and Uh the caption is, nothing else needs to be said. And then it's a picture of a school bus, and it says, if the lights are flashing, don't try passing. <laughs> That's cute. That's really cute. <laughs> All right, we got an update. The officers corralled oh, wait, wait, the sorry, cows. Oh, wait, sorry. You got to read the one below our... first. 
Okay. Oh, cows on the roadway, and they need to move along because it's pasture bedtime. Pasture, like P A S T U R E. Like they're this cultural scanner really oh using puns. Gosh. Oh my goodness. And then after that, it says update. The officers corralled the cows and are moving on to other calls. The person now, had way too I much fun done. with this. It was probably like 3 a.m. They were like, you know, I need some laughs. Type, type, type. <laughs> this has been Crime City, baby. Okay, right, you ready? Oh, wait, well, Lily- we got- <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> Let's go, give a little... Come on, Kylie. Okay, so this story is called The Dolls. Ooh. I yes. do not like dolls, so I'm excited because I'm spooked already. <laughs> Even though this won't make sense, it was called The Wallet, but <laughs> you'll figure out okay. why pretty quickly. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Lily, I still don't understand why you won't at least go on one date. Jess, gosh, just drop it already. I can say no if I want to, even if there's no real reason. Lily Lily's- saw... Oh, wait, I'm nervous. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> This is your time to shine. I'm sorry. I literally didn't even start reading that. I was like waiting for you to take it up. Okay. Lily saw the disappointed look on her sister's face as they walked through the mall. Okay, Jess. Lily stopped them both in the mall, to which someone in an overcoat bumped into Lily. Oh, that's me. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. To which she received a grunt. Okay. Even... Okay, that's me. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay, even though that was weird, look, Jess, I just want to take time to myself. I just got out of college. I need time to figure out what I'm doing. Jess, who had gone through the whole out of college looking for an actual job mess, just sighed and said, okay, Lil. Okay, Lil. Oh, that's me. (laughs) Lil. Okay, Lil. (laughs) As the girls began to walk again, Lily stepped on something small. She reached down to see that it was a torn brown wallet. I think this was that guy's. I kind of want to look in it. No, Lil, let's just be good Samaritans and turn it into the mall. I think they have an office next to the American Eagle. Fine. This podcast (laughs) was sponsored by American Eagle. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I wish. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, you're always so good, Jess. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They made their way to the counter. It took a while since they were on the other side of the mall. Not that it was really that big, because of their small town. (laughs) However, by the time they reached the counter, (laughs) Jess noticed Lily seemed shaken. Instead of turning the wallet in, Lily grabbed Jess's arm, stormed them off towards the exit, pocketing the wallet. Lily, what? Jess, we're in the wallet. What? Our pictures. They're in this wallet. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) That was written in the story. (laughs) And cue the reason I was going to call it the wallet. (laughs) The girls raced home, not saying a word to each other. Lily scared and disgusted with the idea that some sick bastard would have their pictures in his wallet and just too freaked out to take a look for herself. (laughs) Maybe it's just Dad's and we by chance found it. Jess said, anxiously scraping the steering wheel with her fingernail. Scrape, scrape, scrape. Jess, you know that's not Dad's. He never loses his wallet, and if he does, he texts the whole group chat freaking out. Yeah. Scrape, scrape, scrape. Jess, would you stop that? Gosh, I'm trying to think. Sorry. 
Scrape, scrape, scrape. Jess, seriously. Lily, that's not me. Lily's heart began to race. She slowly turned to look in the back seat. Jess, scared to take her eyes off the dark road, took a quick glance in the rearview mirror. They both saw it at the same time, a hunched-over figure scratching at the window of their hatchback. Jess screamed, bringing the car to a screeching halt. Get out! Jess yelled to Lily. They both scrambled out, meeting each other in the front of the car. Lily struggled to catch her breath. She felt like her heart was going to pulse right out of her body. They stood. They both stood frozen, their own headlights beaming at them. There was silence for a while. Jess, do you have the phone? No. Do you? No, it, it must have fell on the floor when you decided to slam the brakes. Lily, what would you have done? There's a strange man in the back of our car that's presumably the same guy carrying pictures of us in his wallet, and he could have weapons or something. I know. Okay, we need to figure out what we're going to do. Um, side note, so yeah. there's a guy in the back of their car and they're just standing outside their car? Yeah. They didn't like You know what, they're away. not the smartest. <laughs> <laughs> they look up through the windshield, he aims his gun and shoots them both through the windshield, the end. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Lily looked around at their surroundings. It was almost dark. They had left town and were on a country road about five miles from their house. On both sides of the road was corn, taller than both of them. The sunset was setting a soft glow on one side, and the dark, ominous night began to creep up on the other. We could walk home, Lily said questionably. And let them follow us in our own car, leading <laughs> straight to our family? Oh, that's real smart, Lily! As they continued to stand outside the car with the man in it. You exhaust me. Okay, I'm going to attempt to grab my phone. No, 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 no. Lily, please stop. Jess reached for Lily as she began creeping towards the car. Get off. Just tell me if you see movement in the car. Okay. Lily slowly took each step closer to the passenger door. It felt like an eternity trying to get there. Finally, she made it. Her hands shaking, she reached toward the handle and slowly opened the door. Both windows were rolled down, so she was able to see and hear anything that might lunge at her. Silence filled the air. Jess couldn't blink for fear of missing something, and her sister being taken or worse, stabbed! Lily saw her phone in the middle console's cup holders. She slowly leaned forward, keeping her eye on the back seats. There was no movement. Jess suddenly heard a rustling in the corner to her right. She turned away for one second to try and see what it was. In that moment, the man, or whatever he was, ran up from behind Lily, shoving her in the car, locking all the doors. Jess whipped her head around, hearing the commotion, and saw the man holding Lily with a horrible long grin. Give me the wallet. The man grumbled. Lily reached her right hand into her pocket and handed the wallet to him. He reeked of rotten eggs and that's weird, but it smelled like that he had <laughs> You're doing the story such good justice. I, yeah, I wish you guys could see. I'm really going all out and there's people walking by in this glass room and looking at me. So that's awesome. Here we go. But it smelled like he had women's perfume on, specifically what she used, Calvin Klein's Eternity. This podcast is not sponsored by Calvin Klein. <laughs> oh, my precious doll, the man... Oh. <clears throat> oh, my precious doll. The man began stroking Lily's hair. Sweet, sweet doll. Please, sir, just... Wait. Yeah, that, no, that's you. Oh, please, sir, just let me and my sister go and we'll give you whatever you want. 
Oh, but I already have what I want. I've always had what I wanted ever since he gave me my dolls. (coughs) (laughs) Yeah, that voice is rough. Lily and Jess made eye contact, both confused as what the hell this man was talking about. Lily, being held so tight she felt air escaping her with every breath, said, Who's this he? The man laughed. You idiots just don't get it, do you? You've been handed everything in your perfect little world without any thought to how you got here. My dolls must be perfect, that's what he told me. Do anything it takes to make them perfect. So I did. What? Jess replied, seriously thinking this guy was just a nut job. Little brats, the man yelled, but then looked over in the corn where Jess had heard the rumbling and he quickly calmed down. Oh, my dolls, how you think? (laughs) I sound like Gru from Despicable Me. Oh, my dolls, how do you think you were little? (laughs) You can't even say it. Oh my gosh. How do you. <laughs> okay, the next sentence reads How do you think your little daddy survived that car crash and she can't get over little daddy? Okay, wait, here we go. How. <laughs> my voice keeps cracking in that man voice. I'm like a little 12 year old prepubescent boy. Okay, I'm crying just a second. <clears throat> How do you think your little daddy survived that car crash? Twelve people were killed, but oh, not your father. And Lily, don't you ever question who saved you that day. Someone attacked you in the parking garage of your college. He turned to Jess. And you, oh, you were quite the difficult one. Always finding trouble, but never being able to stay in it, huh? Nope, I pulled you out of the drugs. Reckless driving and all those boyfriends. <laughs> People are walking by like, what the frick is going on? Okay. How you fall in love, but they would just suddenly leave you. No explanation. <laughs> Both girls were completely shocked at his description of true and real events that had happened in their lives. Keep our dolls just right, he would tell me. Don't let anything or anyone get in the way. And why now look at you, Jess? You're all grown up, ready to move on to his world. What? Jess yelled. She was so full of rage, she couldn't give this disgusting, psychotic man any more time to talk. She wanted to beat the living hell out of him. She began walking straight towards the car, no longer fearing this weak, feeble man. But the corn began to rustle again. And something started emerging from its shadows. The man began to laugh. Ha, 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 it's time, my dolls. The creature was rumbling as it stood itself up, its footsteps shaking the ground. The man threw Lily onto the ground. Ah! She scrambled to get to dress, both embracing each other in the shadow of the creature. It stood about 12 feet tall, with scales covering its whole body. The hind legs were like that of a T-Rex, but the front were stocky like an alligator's. Its face curved into one long horn with small eyes and a large mouth. The creature made clicking noises, twitching its head back and forth. Lily thought she was going to faint. I'm dreaming, she thought to herself. 
So that was in her head. Every time she saw this creature, her parents said it was just a dream, but this time was all too real. Jess, that's the thing that would stand outside my window when we were kids. I know, Lily. There was a pause. It would come to mind, too. My dolls, it's time. Jess and Lily began to run. It's time. Catherine, dance, Tommy. Dinner's ready. (laughs) Jess and Lily heard the shouting from all around them like an echo, echo, echo. Lily's legs began to lock up, causing her to fall over. Jess tried grabbing her, but her arms wouldn't bend. They both laid on the ground stiff, like dolls. The world around them began to fade. Slowly, they realized they were in some sort of house. Oh, gosh, no, Lily said, realizing where they were. They both laid in the living room of a dollhouse. A toy figure of the creature that had just been behind them was now standing frozen. A boy about six years old held an old ratted detective toy. I've got you, dolls! (laughs) The boy exclaimed. Tommy, come on! A little girl from the doorway of what appeared to be a girl's room said. Lily and Jess laid frozen. They heard the detective toy from below them whisper, It's time. (laughs) Boo, gotcha. (laughs) Carly was supposed to say that, but she didn't. Sorry. I'm just so dead at my own ending. Like, it doesn't make any sense. love it. First, I got carried away with... What? Because my throat hurts so bad from doing that Oh my gosh, you did that such justice. I also didn't realize that he was going to talk that much. So if I would have known, I would have picked a different voice. (laughs) I got carried away with, like, the whole wallet thing. I was like, oh my goodness, they're going to find a wallet. Their pictures are going to be in it. And then the guy's going to be in the back. And then there should be some monster. And then somehow this whole doll thing came into it. No, I don't even know, man. I like it. I love where it went. Thank you. Especially with the whole, like, the creature thing. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, this creature just was, like, something I thought of in my own head. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about on the story before we go to our next segment? Nope. Okay, here we go. Hello, everyone. This is a segment I like to call Ghost or Nah, the part of the story where... I made up half of these ghosts and found a website, which I will cite, of, like, real ghosts captured in photos. I put the names in a little PDF, and Callie here is going to guess whether it is a real ghost or nah. Let's get (laughs) into it. So, Callie, if you go to the first Uh page carefully with, there should be a name. Can you read that for me? Okay, so there's just one that says the brown lady. (laughs) Okay, so right now, tell the audience... Is it real or I made it up? That's definitely real. Because I feel like there has to be, like, some lady dressed in, like, a brown dress or something. And so they just called her, like, the brown lady. You got it correct. If you will go to the next page, go ahead and Uh read that description. Oh. So it's real. The most famous and well-regarded ghost photograph ever taken. The ghost is thought to be that a lady Dorothy Townshed, wife of Charles Townshed, in the early 1700s. It was rumored that Dorothy, before her marriage to Charles, had been the mistress of Lord Wharton. Charles suspected Dorothy of infidelity, although according to legal records, she died and was buried in 1726. It was suspected that the funeral was a sham and that Charles had locked his wife away in a remote corner of the house until her death many years later. Dorothy's ghost is said to haunt the oak staircase and other areas of Rainham Hall. 
Oh my goodness. So, yeah. Where is this like Rainham Hall? I'm not sure, but you can look it up. I really want to know. Okay, internet's not working. I love that. Um, it's a country. It's a country house in Norfolk, England. Ooh. Oh my gosh, I have to go there when I'm over there. Oh yeah, definitely. That'd be so cool. <laughs> I can Save report back up. to you guys. Okay. Go ahead and read me that next name when you get to it. A moonlit Mary. <laughs> So let's see. Do you think it is real or fake? That is so fake. So for me, I wrote, I believe if she were real, Moonlit Mary would wander by a lake in the moonlight and mourn for the life she never had. She had passed on in a car accident while on her way to her prom in 1972. Her huge pink gown would be torn and her makeup would have run down her beautiful pale ghost face. Oh my goodness. That reminds me of this book that we read when we were little. It was, like, a horror book, and it was about this house next to a lake and this girl that, like, did paintings in her, like, garden shed. Ooh. Do you know what I'm talking about? That sounds familiar. Oh, my gosh. What was that? I am not going to remember it. I don't remember the name of it at all, but that sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Read me that next name. Freddie Jackson? That's yep. real. Ding! Is it? Real. <gasps> Go oh ahead my and gosh. read me that next page. You're three for this- three. This intriguing photo, taken in 1919, is a group portrait of Goddard's squadron, which had served in World War I. An extra ghostly face appears in the photo. In back of the airman positioned on the top row, fourth from the left, can clearly be seen the face of another man. It is said to be the face of Freddie Jackson, an air mechanic who had been accidentally killed by an airplane propeller two days earlier. His funeral had taken place on the day this photograph was snapped. Members of the squadron easily recognized the face as Jackson's. It has been suggested that Jackson, unaware of his death, decided to show it for the group photo. <gasps> I found that so funny. And the thing is, too, uh-huh. I will, again, link the website on in our description of our podcast. So if you want to go and see the actual photographs, you can. Yes. Obviously, this is a podcast. I can't just talk photos to you. I'm going to go so. look at that website after this. Yes. Okay. So this next one is a zinger. There should be two names on this one. <laughs> the backseat ghost or the front seat ghost. Okay, so one of these is real and one of these is fake, and you have to decide which one it is. Um, I feel like the backseat ghost would be real because I don't see a ghost appearing in your front seat. Like, ding! <laughs> go ahead really? and go to that next page. <laughs> the backseat ghost is real. Oh my goodness. Miss Maybelle Chinnery was visiting the grave of her mother one day in 1959. She had brought along her camera to take photographs of the grave site. Oh, gosh. She took an impromptu photo of her husband, who was waiting alone in the car. <gasps> I'm getting chills. Oh, my God. I'm scared. When the film was developed, the couple was more than surprised <laughs> to see a figure wearing glasses sitting in the backseat of the car. Miss Chinnery immediately recognized the image of her mother. A photographic expert who examined the print determined that the image of the woman was neither a reflection nor a double exposure. I have chills. Oh my goodness. And then if you'll scroll to the very last page, the front Uh seat ghost is indeed fake, but I believe if he were real, the front seat (laughs) ghost would have had a handlebar mustache. He would have been driving his beloved car when he wrecked and died, and his ghost would have continued to stay in that car and drive it forever, because men in cars have a bond. It's weird, but they do. (laughs) They do. And that is it for this segment of Ghost or Not. Callie, dang, you got them all right. And I can't next believe time, that. Callie will be doing this to me. So yes. stay tuned for that.
Well, that was fun. It was, and that is also, sadly, the end. Uh, I can't wait to do our next one, oh my goodness. I especially yeah. love the real or not. <laughs> I was, yes, I very much enjoyed. This is interesting. I've never done this before, and I definitely, I don't know about Callie, but I was super <laughs> nervous about this just because... I get very <laughs> no, weird I with, like, improv and stuff. Like, we have a lot of it scripted, but it's also a lot of just kind of coming up with stuff and kind of being funny on the fly. And so, uh-huh. I mean, I would I would say I'm pretty funny. I don't know. But I was still just nervous. Okay, I have a fish tank in my room, <laughs> and the light was flickering behind me, and me and Allison are FaceTiming right now while we record this, and I just saw it in my reflection and thought there was someone in my room because I still have chills. Kelly summoned that ghost. I'm still so freaked out. So for anyone who is a little confused too by the setup, so Kelly and I are about an hour away right now. She's back at our hometown and I'm at university. And so how we're doing this is we're FaceTiming on our phones and we have earbuds in so we can hear each other through the phone. And then each of us has our laptop and the mic set up. And we're both on GarageBand, and what we did was we hit record at the exact same time, and so we can hear each other over the earbuds, and then also kind of converse, but we're also recording the audio. And so later, (laughs) Callie's going to send her audio clip of GarageBand to me, and I'm going to put it into my GarageBand and line them up so that it kind of just goes, because we're just talking. Just talking away. Little layman's way of explaining how that was, because I'm not an audio expert. So rip if... I'm screaming this entire podcast. I'm really sorry. We're gonna find out, and if so, pretty we'll sure every make time I laughed, it one. went into the red. Yeah, so I'm really <laughs> nervous to hit the stop button because my brain's like, as soon as you hit it, it's all gonna delete. <laughs> well, let's just see what happens. So I think it's just the space bar, right? Are you yeah. gonna hit the space bar? Or, or no, I'm gonna hit the stop button. You're gonna hit the red, the, like yeah. the red circle. Okay. No, not the red circle. That's the record. What? Hit oh the gosh. stop. Dude, what if... Oh, my gosh. Wait, oh, we gotta do... Um, So, if you guys are still here, um, check us out on social media. <laughs> if you're still listening at this point... No, listen up, listen up. Check us out on social media. I'm gonna read those off real quick. So... Our Instagram is boo.gotcha.podcast. Our Facebook is boo.gotcha, all one word. And our Twitter is something Callie made and I don't know. So, I got Callie? this. It is. Hit us up with that Twitter. Hi, I'm Editor Allison, the part of the show where I fix what we said wrong. So our Twitter is actually Boo Gotcha Pod, and that is all I needed to fix. Thank you. It's like 3 a.m., sorry. Good night. Also, our website, once again, is www.boo-gotcha-podcast.weebly.com. Love you guys. Stay spooked. Boo got you.